Hey, Matt, step. Anything happened last weekend? My birthday. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I'm the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider and uh, choosing to give us your money so that you can listen to this nonsense. Yes, we are the official podcast of pregame because a lot of people that I know, when they're driving to their games on Thursdays or Fridays or Saturdays, they pop on Tep and Step. That... That is extremely kind. I am genuinely flattered by that. Yeah, that people listen to us while they're driving to their games. Oh, well, keep your eye on the road. Especially if you're, yeah, long road trip. Drive safe. But, Eat hey. somewhere good. Thanks for hopping on with us. Uh, this is your regional final preview of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Coming up here in a moment, we're going to have our regional final draft. Uh, we're also going to have some regional semifinal cleanup. Not sure what we talk about there. But we will start, as we always do, Matthew, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Matt Step, there are 88 UIL Texas high school football teams remaining that have made the fourth round of the playoffs. That is either the regional finals for 11-man mm-hmm. or the state semifinals for 6-man. Mm-hmm. Of those 88, Matt Step, how many were in this same spot last year? How many are making a return trip to the fourth round of the playoffs. I'm not going to sit here and go through all 88. because Please that don't. Be that's that's not great. I'm just going to say 27. Would it surprise you to say, if I were to say 41. Wow. 41 Almost teams half. making a return trip to the regional finals. Um and yeah, it's you know there's been a, there's or a regional final or a fourth round I should say, um, some not necessarily surprise, surprising. Austin Westlake is back. Stunned they made it. Yes. I, I don't know how Todd Dodge has cobbled together a team this year. But like for example, Mansfield Stinking Summit <laughs> is in there again. Shannon Hall, the job he's done, unbelievable. Back to back years getting Mansfield Summit to regional fi- regional finals. I mean, I would say that, I would say the real. I'm looking at the list. The surprises are probably in some order. Mansfield Summit, Prosper is probably a surprise to be here twice in a row, and probably like Lago Vista. Prosper might, might be three in a row. Might be three in a row. Yeah. Um, Lago, Lago Vista, they just they're they're really good in the playoffs. Give them some credit. By the way, Mansfield Summit possibly dropping the D two next alignment. Are they really? They're gonna be right on the D one D two cut line. They're gonna be a problem if they drop the D one two. Yeah, especially since Alito is not going to be D two. They're D they're D one right now. They're they're a problem in D one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there it is. Your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Oh, Matthew, you and I haven't really actually talked. We haven't talked on the phone. Normally, no. you call me and we just like whisper sweet nothings to one another. We've been fighting lately. We have been. It's been tough, but I think we're I think we're mending fences. This is here. our this is our form of counseling right here. <laughs> Uh, I'll just I'll ask you the question have you ever seen anything like we had last Friday I mean last Friday was bonkers yeah the only thing and it's a different scale because it's a, it was a state championship so there was a few years ago where we had it was like West Orange Stark and Gilmer played Mm-hmm. A great game. Argyle and Navasota played that classic game where Trindavian Dixon and Nick Ralston just took sledgehammers to each other. Such a great game. And then we had Cedar Park and Ennis in the nightcap where Ennis ran the hook and, ladder, hook and lateral and mm-hmm. threw the long touch. That was, to me, that was the best day, single day of state championship football. Um, yeah. This, this was different because it's, it's third round. It was 2014. Games. Yeah. So. That was unbelievable. Yeah, that was a great day. But it was only three games. It, mm-hmm. it, all our focus was on those three games. This 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 week was you know we, there, there was a lot of games going on Friday. It was it was crazy. It was widespread chaos. <laughs> it was a lot of a lot of a lot of champions going. It started early in the day with South Oak Cliff beating Alito mm-hmm. and Brock just hammering Jim Ned into <sighs> obliv- kick, just punting them into the sun and laughing at me on Twitter about it. Um, and then we had. 
obviously Alito and for- and then we had Carthage going down and then the nightcap Argyle going down. Can I just can I just say this? I had forgotten you had said that about Brock. I did. That you thought they were going to be down. I did. Now, I think there was I, I'm going to take your side on this a little bit. I think there was there was reason to believe they were going to be down. Yeah, there was some there was some concern there. They were, Credit to them. They were losing some key pieces. They yeah. had a new coach. You yeah. never know how that's going to work. Now, we have a lot of respect for coach Mathis, but like Sometimes it takes a year or two. Yeah, sometimes it does. Even with great programs, um, but yeah, it 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 certainly. They're decidedly not down this year. They are not. So um, I was wrong, Brock. At Brock football, Matt Step is going to be. Is, he's on record. At in hand, I'm um, wrong. So here's what I want to do, very quickly. Instead of going through um, each of the major upsets, because I think we've done that. What I want to do is I want to say, I want to I, I want to have a three prong scale here. It's either about what we expected or, or or about what we expected, kind of chaotic, really chaotic, okay? Mm-hmm. As far as the brackets are concerned. We're going to go bracket by bracket, and we're going to talk about which of these which of these you think that falls into. 6A Division One. Uh, the final eight are Allen, South Lake Carroll, Duncanville, DeSoto, Galen Park, North Shore, Itascacita, San Antonio, Brennan, uh, Lake Travis. Pretty boring. I would it's say that 6A Division... Actually... In pretty a, chalky. Yeah. 6A Division One. I, I would say, is probably the most boring is the wrong word but the most yeah. uh, from a chaos standpoint yes, from, no, no chaos that's what we're doing we're, we're rating chaos here yes. so it's just because of that okay 6A Division 2 final four are Denton Geyer Prosper Bridgeland Tomball Katy Summer Creek Vandegrift and Westlake a little bit a little chaotic yeah a little chaotic but no. Tomball is the fly in the ointment here yes Tomball is the in Summer Creek mm-hmm. it's a Summer Creek surprise. too yeah. and talk about getting hot at the right yeah. time but you know everyone uh, else Katy I mean, Westlake we're kind of like I mean, it's pretty clear. Look, we're leaning towards a Katie Westlake semifinal, which we thought we would. District five six eight, I think, is really shown out. I mean, you're talking Al- you got three semifinal, three regional finalists in there, and Allen, Geyer, and Prosper. Same thing in twenty one six A. Yeah, with Tascosita, North Shore, and Summer Creek. Yeah, exactly right. Five A Division one. Mansfield Summit, Colleyville Heritage, Denton Ryan College Station, Katie Pato, Fort Bend Hightower, Corpus Christi Flower Bluff, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. Pretty chalky. I might push back and say that's the chalkiest bracket. I mean, pretty maybe. Chalky. Did someone pull a rule upset? I don't know if they've... I think, mm-hmm. I think they've been at least no. coin flips with whoever they played. So, yeah. Five, uh, 5A Division Two: Wichita Falls Rider, Lubbock Cooper, South Oak Cliff, Lovejoy, Texas High, Crosby, Liberty Hill, Alamo Heights. Slight chaos. Slight chaos. And it's, it's, it's one agent of chaos. Mm-hmm. And it's those mighty golden bears, South Oak Cliff. What a win. What? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, and credit to them, and I know we've mentioned it before, it really does... And I think I know you've been on the phone a lot this weekend in talking with coaches, especially coaches who are at, let's be honest, who are at, at non-affluent programs, who are at inner city programs where it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. They face struggles that a lot of other coaches do. The coaches I've, I've heard from and talked to, they are they are puffing out their chest. This is a moment not just for South Oak Cliff, but for inner city football. You know what this reminds me of? Uh, the parallel to college football was like when Boise and TCU mm-hmm. were starting to do some damage and all the other g5 schools were like yeah go boise go tcu like you know do it for us yeah. a lot of the inner city schools are like yeah sock lbj do it for us you know yeah. I think Rep- represent i think they've got a lot of backing from from oh. from not just their do you remember coaching school when i interviewed jason todd and i asked him just hypothetically if they went to the state championship how many people would show up what do you say he said it would sell out now maybe not sell out well but if sock played at i've AT&T, told i've told i'll say this I think they're a coin flip in there. It, 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 they have they are no worse than a coin flip in the rest of their games before AT and T. Yeah, there's, there's there, this is a real reality thing that they could they could do it. Forty thousand, I dude, all of Dallas ISD would show up. Yeah. All of Dallas would show. up. All of Dallas would show up. Be fun. Four A Division One. <laughs> Sorry, we'll, we'll 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 you know two we, two weeks. We'll see. We'll see. South Dakota's got work to do. Boy, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that. Exactly. As it happens. Four A Division One. Springtown, Wichita Falls, Hershey, Stephenville, Melissa, Chapel Hill, Little Cypress, Mauriceville, Austin, LBJ, Fredericksburg. Uh, a little bit of chaos there. Region Three in Fredericksburg. Yeah, man, Fredericksburg. What about Mount them? Cal Allen and. Mm-hmm. and they're the they're the giant slayer here, and then managing to work through some of the off field distractions they had this week to yeah. beat, beat Will Wilkerson's alma mater in Pleasanton, and then Chapel Hill, fourth place Chapel Hill, getting hot at the right time. Now that's they're they are a deceiving fourth place. I mean, yeah. they were when they play. We've talked about when they play to their paper, they are exceptional top team. Little Cypress Marysville, man. Yeah, I talked to Eric PV yesterday. He goes, "Yeah, you know, you picked us last in the magazine." And I was like, "Yeah, we probably did, Coach." Mm-hmm. I bet there's a few there's a few teams that are mm-hmm. probably doing that. All right, four division two. Aubrey, Salina, P- 
Pleasant Grove, Gilmer, China Spring, West Orange Dark, Cuero, Geronimo, Navarro. It's Region 3 again. There's yeah. the chaos, no Carthage. Well, I would also say, man, Pleasant Grove. Pleasant Grove, man. I've, I've said it before. Y'all are, y'all are screwing around, and you're giving Josh Gibson an extra month of practice, and you're going to pay for it. That bill's coming due. Yeah, in a, in a, in a year. In next year. Next year's coming due. Yeah. Um, although, you know, they get a rematch with a, a lot of rematches here. Mm-hmm. You got three rematches. Because remember, Cuero, uh, Navarro's the only loss that Cuero's got. Yeah. And, and West Orange Stark, China Spring is a rematch from last year. Mm-hmm. The and, then, and then, by the way, of course, China Spring um, beat Carthage. Uh, I, a game we 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 I think we sat here on this podcast and we told you guys they can do it like mm-hmm. they are good enough. This is a big challenge to Carthage, and sure enough, they went out there and they played unafraid. They punched. I mean, you watched that. Guy. I was there. You watched the game. They kind of whipped them. They did. I think Carthage panicked a little bit. Um, they abandoned the running game and just were taking taking deep shot after deep shot and just like they're playing like they were twenty eight points down when they were. 14, 10 mm-hmm. to 14 down. You yeah. Know, they kind of panicked a little bit, I think. 3A Division One: Whitesboro, Brock, Mount Vernon West, Dieball, Lorena, Vandergrift, or I'm sorry, Vanderbilt Industrial, and Lago Vista. There's a lot of chaos here. This, this, this is, is, this this is, is chaotic. Is, yeah, the, I mean, Whitesboro, third place Whitesboro. Uh, Region 2 is pretty chalky. Yeah, Mount Vernon um, West, I think, is. West, you could consider West a little bit of a surprise to be here. Um, I don't. I actually picked them to win the region before the playoffs. Um, but you could certainly do that. Die ball. Don't think anyone had the Lumberjacks. <laughs> don't think anyone had the Lumberjacks. Dude, and they play wild football. Yeah. They do not play quiet 24 21 shake hands after the game football. No, they're, they're pretty wild ass. <laughs> Uh, and then you know Lago Vista, you know, yeah, they they they're do they they made the regional final last year. They just keep we pick against them because they they don't win the district. They finish yeah. second or third in district, and they just get the right the right draw and, and make a run. They show up here, three A Division two: Abernathy, Lubbock, Roosevelt, Holiday, Gunner, Dangerfield, Wascom, Franklin, Poth. I think the chaos in three A D two happened like in the first round. Yeah. It really like did. Childress lost, and yeah, Childress is really the the one thing. But at the same time, I think neither of us would have been surprised. They would have seen Abernathy or Lubbock Roosevelt, and I think at that point it would have been yeah. you know coin flippy type game. So yeah, I think that two A Division One: Cisco, Holly, Marlin, Crawford, Timpson, Centerville, Shiner, Refurio. Marlin's the party crasher here. I will say, uh, if you go back and look at my hipster picks article in October, mm-hmm. so watch out for those Marlin Bulldogs. Shout out Guy Frazier. Guy got me in. On the Marlin bandwagon, yeah. he's—they've been looking good. And two A Division two: Wellington, Stratford, Windthorst, Albany, Mart, Chilton, Burt, Fal- Burton, Fall City. That is almost zero chaos. Like yeah. unless unless Burton Burton doesn't count because they're they're twelve and one on the field. Yeah, they're five and eight, but they're really twelve and one. So yeah, and you know Wellington was a question because they got they came into the playoffs kind of scaring us, but they've certainly gotten hot. And then by the way, in the one A ranks, it's Happy Westbrook, Abbott, May. Uh, Happy is a surprise there uh, to come out of Region 1, but that's really the only surprise. Mm-hmm. And 1A Division 2, again, surprising Region 1, Klondike coming out of there uh, winning Region 1, uh, but then Motley County, Strong, and Richland Springs are all chalky. Okie dokie. There is a little bit of a look at last week and where we stand right now. Some places very chaotic, other places very chalky. It's now time for our regional final draft. If this is, if this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting games we are most interested in. Once it's picked, it's off the board. We go five rounds. Uh, there is no hipster game. We're just going to probably talk about barbecue or something at the end of this. So, uh, worst things to talk about. There are. Uh, we did a coin flip before the show. Step won the coin flip. And so on a behemoth regional final <laughs> week, week, he gets pick 1-1. One, one. Matt Stepp, what is pick 1-1 one, one at the regional final draft? Thursday night, the first playoff game of a loaded weekend, Victoria, Texas. If you didn't take this, yeah. we were, we were going to have a discussion. <laughs> it's Shiner Refurio. And I feel like for 14 weeks, we've just been on this... These two ships passing in the night that haven't haven't met up yet, but they, they they're kind of looking across the room at each other like it's coming. It, it it's fe- time. It feels like you know what it feels like. It feels like UFC fighters or boxers or like wrestlers or something like that, and like they'll get a dominant victory and all and like they know that the other like their next competitor is in the crowd watching and the crowd the guys just sitting there just like nodding like uh-huh mm-hmm. okay fine yeah sure whatever um 
These two teams have been eyeballing each other across the room yeah. while they've been pummeling people yeah. and saying, you're next. These two have not had a close game since September. And their, their version of close games, Shiner's closest game is a 14-point win over San Antonio Davenport, who's probably going to be a 5A school next year. Hmm. And Refugio's closest win was a 17-point win over Edna, who made it to the third round of the 3AD1 playoffs. Every other game has been an absolute bloodletting on both sides. Hmm. Just dominance. So I mean, we knew this was coming. We mm-hmm. had no doubts it was coming, and it's finally here. And the last two years, they've played great games. Last year's game was decidedly less um, chaotic. It felt like last year, Shiner just kind of had Refurio at arm's length the whole way and just never never really let them – just kind of suffocated them. 20, the 2019 game was just a classic with the Refurio crazy comeback at the end of the game. So that loss, I know, still sticks with Shiner. Like, that's – still sticks in their craw mm-hmm. to this day because a lot of those kids mm-hmm. are seniors now so there's something there i mean you know shiners got got you know D- dalton and doug brooks they had great games last week we know what shiners gonna do they're not gonna come out there and throw it all around they are going to rely on dalton and doug brooks they're gonna rely on their offensive line they're gonna rely on their defense and they're going to constrict the, constrict possessions shorten the game keep referio's offense off the field you know referio's getting it done with a freshman quarterback I read that yeah. like two weeks ago, and Keelan I filed Brown. that away. Keelan Brown, five touchdown passes last week. Freshman. They got weapons. Antoine Gross, mm-hmm. um, the Hasseltine kids out there, they, they've got I don't think a that, trio of running backs. They're loaded offensively. I don't think that, because you remember a couple of years ago, maybe it was last year, geez, they had um, Kelly. They had um, Jordan Kelly. Jordan Kelly. And he was that standout superstar, like, that's the ace. That's our guy. I think he's about to be in the. I think he's like in the White Sox organization. He's like about to like make the major league roster. I don't think he's. I don't think they've got that this year. But what they've got is maybe a greater collection of skill mm-hmm. talent than they had mm-hmm. last year. The, I think this game's obviously fascinating for a million reasons. Yeah, and and part of it is that I don't know if either of these teams have really faced a true challenge and no. we don't know what happens we don't know what happens when either offense faces an elite defense and that's the biggest mm-hmm. question for me a couple years ago when Refugio played Mart in non-district I, th- I felt like mm-hmm. we had a good gauge on where Refugio stood because they played Mart neither one of these teams really have played anyone in their weight class so I'm fascinated to see how each team is going to react to adversity mm-hmm. how they react to get, getting punched especially Refugio how does Refugio react to Shiner punching in the mouth and saying come on let's do it again Second and seven, let's do it again. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to run right at you. Third and four, we're going to run it at you again. Fourth and one, we're going to run it, I mean, over and over and over again. And then for Shiner, how are they going to react when Refrio gets in that spread offense and those playmakers get in space and make a play? Mm-hmm. So it's it, there's a lot of cliches when it comes to these two teams because they're so evenly matched, even though they're contrasting in styles. They're, they're, they're such elite programs. You know, last year I felt like – Shiner consistently lived in third and short, third and medium during that game, and mm-hmm. consistently kept Refurio off the field. So for me, there's one key I'm looking for in this game, which I, I, I won't be at the game. Uh, our own Ashley Pickle. Oh, uh, I'll be locked in though. Yeah, I will be at I'll be at Globe Life on Thursday at Bright, Whitesboro Brock, but I will have my tablet watching Shiner Refurio. I'm going to be locked into how does Refurio's defense perform on first down? Can they? Get Shiner off schedule and get them off the field and give their, their the, the ball back to their offense. That's going to be the key because this is going to be a game dictated by pace. Mm-hmm. Refurio is going to want to run it up. Let's get in the 30s. Let's let's have some fun. Shiner's going to want to keep the game. You know, Shiner won last year, what, 24 to 13 or something? That's the kind of score Shiner wants. So first down is key. If you see Shiner, second and seven is a good down for Shiner. Yeah. That's a good down. Yeah, you know they got to be like second and second and ten is bad. Second yes. and eleven is bad, right? So that's that's where you want to see who wins that battle. So um, I'm actually picking Refurio in this game, though. I think this is their year. I've had them number one in my personal rankings all year. Mm-hmm. I think this is Refurio's year. So I think they're gonna, they're going to get Shiner. I think it comes down as usual. It comes down to the guys we're not talking about. It's going to come down to Keelan Brown, the freshman quarterback for Refurio. It's going to come down to Drew Wenske, the junior quarterback for Shiner. He's not going to have to throw the ball 20 times, but he's going to have to throw the ball eight times effectively. Uh, 
and get them out of they're going to cup they're going to have a couple of jams right they're going to get into a third and eight where it's going to they're going to need to make a throw and he's going to need to do it now he's been pretty good this year um he's going to need to make a couple of throws for refer i think a lot of this comes down to i think i think the real question in this one is like we don't we know refurio's good especially offensively we know they're good defensively we have not seen them as you mentioned get socked in the mouth Mm -hmm. what happens then if they bow up which there is a good chance they do if they bow up they're going to win the ball game Mm -hmm. but if they if they kind of get pushed around a little bit we're going to know a lot in like the first couple series in this game Mm -hmm. this is not going to be any secrets it's i think it's i think it's a game of the year i think it's a game of the year we've been looking forward to it all year and now likely I would say likely Timpson awaits in, in the semifinals, so that's no picnic. No, but no picnic for sure. And I, I'll say this: Timpson and Refurio, Timpson matches up a lot better with Refurio than the Dushine. I agree. So I'm a Timpson fan, even though I'm not, this is not a shot at Refurio. I just think stylistically, mm-hmm. if I'm a, I'm a Timpson fan. I want Refurio. To win. There's another game about that, that that we may mention, but anyway, I think that's an excellent pick. I think it's the only pick. It, ha- it had to be one one. It is Shiner and Refurio. That's where you're going for your first pick. I am going to go big school. I'm going to go to 5A. And I'm going to go to 5A Division 1. And I'm going to go to 5A Division 1 Region 2. Was there any doubt? 7 o'clock Friday night at McLean Stadium in Waco. It is the 12-1 and defending state champion, Den Ryan, the number one team in 5A Division 1, taking on the number two team in 5A Division 1, the College Station Cougars at 13-0. and And... So last week, so this, I believe this is the second time in a row we're talking about. No, we're not. We, we mentioned College Station in a recap, mm-hmm. but um, they followed up their win over Frisco Lone Star with a not as close as the score indicates game against a pesky Frisco Wakeland team. Wakeland gave them trouble. Wakeland hung around, and they got nothing to hang their head about. I think they gave them. I don't know if they gave them a scare. I think they, I think they stuck around long enough to make they college play, station. College station had to be engaged for four quarters. Yeah. They, had to, they, they had to be fully engaged because Wakeland kept it close enough where they couldn't get yeah. comfortable. Every time they pull up, go up by seventeen, Wakeland would score and pull within mm-hmm. ten, and then they go up by seventeen again. And then Wakeland would have a response, and that is the first time we've really seen the defense be vulnerable uh, for college station yes. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, Wakeland threw the kitchen sink at him, but they ended up coming out with a win. Marquise Collins is a freak show. Yeah, he is. He's been rolling in the playoffs. He's the hottest player in the state. Yeah, he's the hottest player in the state, and he has been unbelievable. Uh, they come out with a win. They're through to the regional final, where they will draw the number one team in the state, Denton Ryan. And I think they want a piece of Denton Ryan. Because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they met in the second round last year. Is that right? They did met yeah. in the second round, mm-hmm. and Ryan kind of bodied him a little bit. Ryan kind of bullied him around, played a little bully ball with him. Now Ryan, Ryan had a bizarre game last week against Longview, very unRyan like because their offense really. St- Started rounding into form. I thought Kalen Davis had a really nice game. Right, um, they were running the ball pretty. Ba- they were pretty balanced. The whole offense looked good. Now Longview's defense, I think, is a little bit down, and it's certainly not College Station's defense. Mm-hmm. But also, Longview was able to move the ball on them, especially late, especially when it when it got down to crunch time. They were able to move the ball on Longview or on on Ryan and give them some trouble. That might be, in fact, I'm almost certain it is. That's the most points they've given up this year. It's 33. Yeah. Um, they they got they got pushed around a little bit by a big front from Longview, and that is for me where this is going to come down. Because do you think? Let me ask you a question. Is Longview the best offensive line, or at least the most talented offensive line that Ryan has faced this year? Played Geyer. Maybe Geyer. Geyer, yeah. Because um, they were getting some push up front, which is not something we've seen from Ryan. Say what you want about Ryan. They, they like the front seven has been dominant, and, and Longview was able to push him around. Mm-hmm. And I think this College Station offensive line is better than Longview's. 
Yeah, I think so too. And so that might be the advantage that I give to College Station in this game, is the fact that they have been able to run the ball effectively against everyone they've seen. They ran the ball super well against Lone Star. They ran the ball super well against uh, uh, last week against Wakeland. They've been rolling. Mm-hmm. If Ryan can stop the run and, I guess, make Jet Huff beat him, game on. I also think that this College Station defense is going to have something for Ryan. And that may be the other difference. I think College Station looks like the more well-rounded team right now. And that's why they're getting my nod in this one. Am I missing anything in this game? No. I don't think... I feel like we're... I mean, Ryan is the defending champion, so I do feel like we're not giving them enough credit in some ways because we've talked so much about College Station. But College Station has just been that impressive. Yeah. So I think they're the favorite for a reason in this game. I, I think... I agree with you. College Station is a team that's really good in all three phases. I, I, I want to see if Ryan can replicate the offensive performance yeah. they had last week, this week. It does feel like a one-off. Yeah. Like, and the other, you know, I also just think College Station's defense better than Longview's. I think that's going to be a difference, too. Anyway, I like College Station and Ryan. It's going to be awesome. I think it's uh, a, a close game. Um, the computer, if you're interested in that kind of thing, um, what does the computer have in this game? I'll probably pull that up. Listening to live coverage of me looking up what the computer says about College Station and Denton Ryan. They have College Station by 13. That is a little rich, but I could also see it. Mm-hmm. Like if 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 Ryan's not able to get that offense going, I know which way it's going to go. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, I like Ryan and uh, College Station. What is your second pick, Matthew? I'm going to go big school as well, mm-hmm. and I am going to go into the Metroplex as well. 2 o'clock Saturday, Apogee Stadium in Denton, as the Allen Eagles take on the unbeaten South Lake Carroll Dragons. Is this is this the Coke versus Pepsi name brand matchup of the week? I like this that is, analogy. This is the this is this is name brand stuff. Like you can't you can know nothing about high school football. You can never have heard of Matt Stepp. But you know, oh man, Allen South Lake Carroll, that's mm-hmm, a big game. Mm-hmm. I, Allen is starting to play really well. I, mm-hmm. there's there. Chad Morris has got them peaking at the right time. I'm. I think this is this putting this on upset alert because if there's somebody mm. that can compete with South Lake Carroll in the trenches and give them a run, it's the Allen Eagles. Mm. And this Allen team is starting to figure it out. They punted Trinity to the sun into the sun last week. 59 to 21 and looked like a dominant Allen Eagles ball club. Jalen Jenkins had a huge game. Uh Mike Hawkins their quarterback was big and mm-hmm. big in the win. I mean this 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 Allen team's got weapons all over the place. And the defense holding Trinity 21 points is 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 impressive. And they held Ollie Gordon out of the end zone. Yeah. I so, mean the guy who they had been seeing in their nightmares mm-hmm. for an entire year. So this this is definitely an Allen team that I feel like is starting to peak at the right time. South Lake Carroll's peaking as well because yeah. South Lake Carroll held Louisville. That that Louisville offense is dynamic. Held them to 153 yards in a 52 to nothing drubbing. So that the last is... two weeks, South Lake Carroll's beaten Middle Legacy and Louisville by a combined uh, 94 to seven. And and for for a moment. We'll get back to the 94. The 7 is what stands out. Because these were two offenses that were on fire. That were two of the hottest offenses in the state. I mean, what did what did they do to Martin last week? Louisville? Didn't they hang like... To beat them 35 to 18. Yeah. yeah. I mean, against Martin. Mm-hmm. And Car- that is, for me, the real difference in this ballgame. Is, is Carroll's defense. For all we talk about Caden Anderson and Owen Allen, that defense is something serious. Mm-hmm. And up front, that's where it's, they've been getting it done. South Lake Carroll in the trenches on both sides of the ball is outstanding. I've been really impressed up front. And Caden Anderson, the young quarterback, has gotten better and better each week. You know, Ryan, Riley Dodge told us when, you know, oh, we have people on Twitter, the sky is falling, Quinn Ewers is leaving. Oh, what's South Lake Carroll going to do? Guys, guys, yeah. they got a guy. I, I think I tweet, literally tweeted that out like that day. I was like, guys, South Lake Carroll's got a guy. Don't, Don't you worry. worry. And Caden Anderson, has got, he's, he's been really good this year, and he's only getting better. So I love this matchup. I think, I think Allen next year especially is going to be a real problem and mm-hmm. might be a preseason number one, hint, hint. Um, 
but I like Carol on this one in a close one. Car- Allen is going to push Carol. Here's here is where it comes down to me because I do think that I agree that both offenses have looked great. Both offenses have been humming. Both offenses have been in in machine mode. If you're asking me which defense I trust to get a stop, it's Carroll. Like, they have been the more consistently excellent defense. Now, I do think that Allen's defense, which I had big concerns with early in the year, I do think they have improved. I think they've gotten better, as you saw last week. But I don't know how they're... The other thing about Trinity, and and this is not to diminish their win, because it was a super impressive win. Trinity's plan B kind of didn't exist. It was kind of all your butt bust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Carol's got plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E. They got them all. Yes. And that is going to be the test for this defense. They got Last week was a super impressive defensive showing. It has to be even more impressive this week. Because they have to focus on more things. Yeah. They can do it. And I'm certainly, I'm not counting Allen out. But I think Carol's got to be your favorite in this game. For sure. But I think this is... Uh I want to say passing of the torch kind of game, mm-hmm. but I think we could see, like I said, Allen make a make the case with a close a, a push this week, make a case for them to be yeah. next year to watch it. You know, put the put the sound the alarms out that mm-hmm. Allen's back. I agree. I agree. I'm going to go to four A, and I'm going to go seven thirty p.m. Friday night at the Barry Center, Cypher FCU Stadium, beautiful Cypher FCU Stadium in Cyprus. Seven thirty p.m. as the Region 3 final in 4A Division 1. The Tyler Chapel Hill Bulldogs and the Little Cypress Mauriceville Bears. Did you have that in your bracket? I didn't even have anything close to this <laughs> in my bracket. And credit to both coaching staffs. Let's talk for a moment about what Chapel Hill did last week. Um, where they were playing a team that had beaten them by three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. earlier in the year in Kilgore and they went up on them and that by the way they kind of they almost let that thing slip because they were up pretty comfortably in that game Kilgore, Kilgore mounted a furious comeback to force overtime they end up going double overtime Chapel Hill wins but they were the dominant force in that game in a lot of ways the 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 final score is not necessarily indicative of the dominance that Chapel Hill showed. They were the better team, and they looked absolutely fantastic. And by the way, if you are much like we were talking about with Pleasant Grove about how you guys are going to pay for letting them play this long, mm-hmm. y'all are going to pay for letting Chapel Hill play this long. Yeah, because their quarterback and running back are both freshmen. Freshmen, mm-hmm. Demetrius Brisbane. And Ricky Stewart, who are both outstanding against a really good Kilgore defense. This offense is humming mm-hmm. right now. It is it is it is peak Jeff Reardon. They don't say code red. I know it's from Crosby. Yeah. Code blue deep mm-hmm. offense, right? Their offense is going. Yeah. Well, here comes a defense that just shut down maybe the hottest offense in the state. Yeah. Because what little Cypress Mauriceville did last week against El Campo is borderline shocking. Yeah. I mean, this was an El Campo team that was just running straight through people. Yeah, Ruben Owens was running for 300 yards every game. He was falling out of bed and having 300 yards. Mm -hmm. But instead, the defense was fantastic. They dictated the pace of the game. They ran the ball exceptionally well to Marion Morris and company. And so this feels like that classic strength-on-strength matchup Mm -hmm. of... A super hot offense against a super hot defense. Going at it. The other side's interesting because this Chapel Hill defense does what it needs to. I don't know if anybody's ever going to mistake it for 83 Dangerfield, but they do what they need. They have a knack for the moment. They, they are, do. They, they make big plays. They're very – it's almost Jim Nedish, right? Of like Jim Ned – Jim Ned did not have an elite defense last year, but what they did was when it came to nut-cutting time, so to speak, they were on it. Chapel Hill's got that same feel. Going up against a little, a little Cypress Mauriceville team that does run the ball well, but they have got to find that secondary threat. Uh, can they throw the ball a little bit? Can they get that thing good? If they get that going, watch out. I think this game is fascinating. I think it's a coin flip. Um, I like Chapel Hill. I think that their offense is hitting on all cylinders. I think they're going to be able to make, I think I trust their offense a little bit more than I trust yeah. any other unit in this team in this game. 
And Chapel Hill's offense is a little more balanced. El Campo, God love them, mm-hmm. they don't throw it very well. No. Chapel Hill can throw the football, and that's a different kind of challenge for LCM because of Chapel Hill's diversity and balance. And they, they got great speed, obviously, but it's a lot easier when you're when you're preparing when you're, when you're not as athletic, but you're preparing for a team that's a little more one dimensional. You can scheme up and slow it down. Mm-hmm. It's tougher when you're playing a team that, that's a little more balanced. So that's that's the key in this game is going to be how does LCM handle Chapel Hill's ability not only to throw it but run it. Mm-hmm. What is your third pick, Matthew? Third pick, it's a little tougher, um, but I'm going to go into the small school realm, back to the, the actually 3A Division One mm. Friday night at the Ford Center. The star! As Poochie says. R.I.P. Poochie. He's back Poochie. on his home planet. Miss you, buddy. Uh, unbeaten, 13-0 Mount Vernon, taking on unbeaten 13-0 West. And who had the courage to pick West to win the region? You were bribed by Kalachis. Let's I was admit absolutely it. bribed by Kalachis. Admit it. <laughs> who was I talking to? You know who I was talking to? I'm talking to Grant Freeman, head coach of Wichita Fall, mm-hmm. who was did awesome on color commentary for He's Texas great. We, we, he, he, will, he will broadcast another game on Texas Live He's outstanding. But we were talking about it, and we were talking about West and Mount Ver- or West getting through and stuff like that, and... And your name came up because he's like, yeah, you know, I, I bet Step, you know, Step, you know, I, he's like, I've been through West. And he had some sort of connection to West. I was like, yeah, but Step will probably tell you, be like, oh, you, actually, you got to get off the highway. You got to go into town to get the, the go to, good kolaches. Go to Garrick's. Go, go to Garrick. You got to get off the highway. Only the only the, the, the tourists go. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. The tourists go to the they, check stop. Stay on the 35. Go watch uh, our THSCA <laughs> video blog and look at Pickle's face when she's inside of Garrick's getting real kolaches. And he, anyway, yes. West. He, and Grant Freeman, the, the noted foodie that Grant Freeman he is, is he agreed. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> Mount Vernon West is a good game. Yeah. So um, for me, this is a great contrast in styles because you have a Mount Mount Vernon offense that is a flame thrower, averaging fifty points a game. That's that's not in the playoffs. They're averaging fifty points per game for the season through Amazing. thirteen games. Uh, going up against this West defense that is allowing. 11 points per game for the year and mm-hmm. only 8 points per game in the playoffs. They've gotten better in the postseason. Um, it's strength on strength in this game. It's, and it's going to be a matter of who can win that battle of wills. Is, is Mount Vernon going to speed the game up and put West at a bad spot or can West kind of drag Mount Vernon into a, into a street fight? Mm-hmm. And that's going to tell the tale of this game. I, I think after the, after the first, uh, I'd say... 50, you know, by the middle of the second quarter, I think we're going to. Exa- I may, I'll be able to tell you who's going to win the game based on the score. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at you know Mount Vernon twenty one ten twenty one seven, even if Mount Vernon's winning, but it's seven to nothing, dude. I'm like, ah, oh, West might win this game. This is their kind of game. So that's the thing to keep an eye on. I was really impressed with West last week. They started out real slow against Malakoff. A couple turnovers. Their defense bailed them out a bunch in that game and held Malakoff out of the end zone. And until their offense can get it together, super impressive win for West last week. How about Mount Vernon? That was a red hot Gilmer team they played, I and mean, Gladewater team yes. they played last week. And they drubbed them forty to fourteen. It was the third quarter. They outscored Gladewater twenty to nothing in that third quarter. That was the difference in the game, and they pulled away for a relatively easy win. So I like, I like Mount Vernon. They to get back to the state semifinals. I think they felt like last year they let one slip away against Jim Ned. I like the Tigers in this one. I don't think West has the playmakers or the offense to keep up with Mount Vernon in this one. This is this is definitely a game in which um, this is definitely one of those games where if this comes down to one or two play, it's either Mount Vernon by multiple scores or it's West close. Like that's it. Because if this game's close, because Mount Vernon hadn't played a close game. Basically, they play no, close games. Uh, if they have, it's been a while. It has been a minute. Yeah, West wins on the margins. You know what I mean? They win in in the little things. And if this game comes down to little things, there are very few teams in the state that are better at the little things than David Woodard's bunch. Mm-hmm. They are so technically precise. And so, look, maybe Mount Vernon just goes out there and they just out talent them. And at that point, you just tip your cap. Mm-hmm. But West's got a little something. They got that little bit of magic right now, mm-hmm. and and that's a dangerous team. So, try to hear what Mount Vernon's closest game is this year. I would love to. Uh, October twenty second against Winsboro, forty one twenty one. Okay, twenty point game. That's been their closest game this year. Was their last? Okay, great. Good. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. All right, that is an excellent pick. I'm gonna go 
to a game that I think is about as close to a hipster game as you can get okay. this week. And that is, let me make sure I get where this game is. 7 o'clock, Friday night, Matt Step at Matador Stadium in Seguin. As the 12-1 and Fall City Beavers take on the 5-8 and eight Burton Panthers. <laughs> okay. With an asterisk. Giant asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> they have, they have, they are 12-1 and one on the field. They have forfeited seven losses, or seven, seven games. Mm-hmm. Their one loss on the year, do you remember? Shiner. Shiner. Now they got 43 to nothing. And they got drilled by Shiner. But Shiner tends to do that to people. Shiner will do that. This is a super interesting game because these two teams, they got a little bit of history. Mm-hmm. Okay? 20, uh, 2019, or rather, or so, so Fall City's won region for the last three years. Mm-hmm. 28, or 2018, they beat Burton in the quarterfinal. Beat them 30 to 28. Mm-hmm. The year before... Burton beat Fall City 69-45. Nice. In 2016, in the regional semifinals, Burton beat Fall City 34-24. These two teams have a history. Yeah. And they tend to be the teams to beat in Region 4 yes. more, and, more years than not. And so now they're 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 matching up against one another. And you know, we haven't talked a ton about Fall City probably because I think in a lot of ways I think we take them for granted. Just because yeah, of how win region four, oh, Fall City's going to win. It's it's and then we're like, oh, Fall City's going to lose to Martin semifinals. We yeah, we don't talk about Fall City enough because we kind of we all like we, it, we have we feel their like path. we know exactly where their floor is, yeah. and we feel like we know exactly where their ceiling. Not is. a ton of intrigue with yeah, them. but I think and, and and look, this is a classic. Uh, this is a classic uh, Fall City team. Mark Kiroff is doing that thing again. Where it's just, this is just what he does. They run the ball exceptionally well with Cole Thomas and Grant Gindrish and Luke Schaefer. Luke Schaefer can throw the ball a little bit when they need him to, although he's thrown 83 passes this year. Um, and they've just been bludgeoning people, and their defense has been great. Like, that's just the name of the game for Fall City. This is a vintage Fall City team. Mm. I think people, maybe it's the record, maybe, I don't know what it is. I think people are sleeping on Burton. I think this Burton team is... Yeah, they're really good. Really good. Ryan Rowling, their quarterback's been great. Did you see what they did to Granger last week? Yeah, there was some chippiness in that game they, because of what happened in the DEC, and they were, you know, all that off-field drama. They Granger was up 14 nothing early, and I was like, yeah. oh, here we go, Granger. I saw that, and I go, oh, crap, it's, it's Granger going... And then, zoom! Yeah. They ran away from them, and this Burton defense, like, they gave up some t- some, some points early, and then it was like... Cool, we're good. We're good. Like we're, we got this. What I think is interesting. This is it's is a test for Burton in the sense of you know what Falsey is going to do. They're going to mm-hmm. line up and mash you. I'm not quite sure. Actually, the last team that probably did that was Sh- bad. Was Shiner? Yeah. That's the challenge for them. How much has that defense grown? I do think this offense can challenge Fall City. I think it's going to be a little. In- I think it could be interesting. Um, but a lot of this comes down to whether or not Burton can match up in, in the run fits and things like that. They, they can, can do get that. Get off the field. And get get, off the field. Yeah. Get them on third down. Get them off the field on third down. That's the name of the game here. Make them throw. Make them throw. Get them in third and eight mm-hmm. and make them throw because mm-hmm. that's the name of the game. The winner is likely to get Mart unless – I don't know if you want to preview Martin Chilton. <laughs> no. Mart big. Um, there you go. There's your preview. I mean – Good luck to Chilton. Chilton – Chilton. I mean, Mart beat Chilton 48 by 48 points earlier this year. So And probably caught off the dogs. Yeah. Anyway, I like, I like Fall City – but I think this is a true. I think this is a, an opportunity to spotlight two teams you may not be thinking of that are really good, and 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 are going to go. I feel better it. about somebody else other than Falls City winning Region Four this year than I have in the past three years. Yeah, like, I think Burton has a legit shot to win this. I game. think they do. Anyway, that's my third pick. What is your fourth pick, Matthew? Uh, let's go out to Friday, seven o'clock at Anthony Field in Abilene for the eighth time in the past four years. <laughs> And I, t- Wichita Falls Rider at twelve and one taking on Lubbock Cooper at twelve and one. I swear, I don't think this has ever happened in history. I, it can't. It can't. Now, it almost happened. To, now Argyle and La Vega have played seven times in the last four years, mm-hmm. but they they're, they're not playing the playoffs this year because they both are eliminated. It is. It is stunning. It's stunning. Yeah. How much like dominance in re- in, the, in one yeah, region? It's yeah. just like so I talked to Mark Bendel today about it, <laughs> and uh, and he just goes. I'm really sick of seeing those guys. He was like, "Dude, I respect them." And he goes, I, "And he goes, I think they feel the same way about us. Like, like we were. We, there's a lot of mutual respect there." But he's like, 
They know what we're going to do. We know what they're going to do. And it's just like... And what's so amazing is these two teams, and I want to make sure I pulled up, um, these two teams are so evenly matched. Mm -hmm. Like, they are so tight to one another that, like... I'm going to run through what their what their recent scores were. Okay, and by the way, so Ryder won the no Cooper won in the regular season. No Ryder won regular season. No Cooper won. I was at Cooper the, won. Yeah. Cooper Cooper has Cooper's swept won the in the regular season. season. They're four zero in the regular season the last four years. Uh, okay, but Ryder's two and one in the playoffs. So here we go. Let me let me let me find. Okay, so uh, oh, that's the wrong Cooper. Huh? That's why I was like, that's that's wrong. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, 2018. Uh, it was oh, Cooper 27 to 7. 2018 again, 38 35. They won. 2019, 45 13. And then that was the year that, uh, that was the year that Ryder swept. Uh, th- no, that was the year that, that was the year that Co- uh, Cooper swept. 2018, 20- Ryder won the playoff yes. game. 2019, Cooper swept. 45 13, 38 38 17. And that was the year Cooper gave Alito, Alito a lot of trouble. Yeah, I mean, there's a very disputed well, Let's just say that. Day. Yeah. 2020, 25 24, a Cooper win, or rather, a, a, yeah, Cooper win, and then 21 13, a Ryder win. Mm-hmm. And then this year, 20 to 12. Yeah. Cooper won. A lot of slugfests. These two, like, we know what game this is going to be. 28 points probably wins it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard hitting, it's going to be physical. It, it absolutely is. I mean, there's no secrets here. I was at the first Cooper Ryder game. And it was a street fight. Yeah. It was, a, you know, these two teams. It's, it's a weird game to talk about and predict because they, they, they know each other so well. I will say this. Cooper's offense has started to awaken a, a little bit. A little bit of a passing game. They started to open it up a little bit. I think they're a little more, and Ryder's been the more dynamic team offensively because Cooper, by nature, is a very conservative team. They want to run the ball. They want to play defense. They're going to play to their strengths, which is that really good front seven on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. But I think Cooper, their quarterback's starting to come along. They've found a couple of weapons in the passing game. I, I think that's where, where the difference is. Ryder's got Anquan Willis, who is a great player, and he's going to be a big-time recruit next year. Um, but Cooper, you know, I feel like, you know, started to kind of get a little bit of passing game going and they got Judge Thomas and he had 200 yards rushing and two touchdowns last week. I feel like Cooper's run defense, they're going to force Ryder to throw the football. Grapevine ran for 22 yards last week against Cooper. <laughs> they make you one-dimensional and mm-hmm. they then they just pin their ears back and come after your quarterback. So um, I think Cooper gets it this year. I think I think they're the team to beat and I think I just think I think Ryder has overachieved a lot this year. Mark Bindle has done a fantastic job with a really, really young mm-hmm. Ryder ball club. Yeah, we had huge questions about what Jacob Rodriguez got. Yeah. And twelve and one, so huge year for Ryder, but I think Cooper's got a little too much. It's a senior senior laden Cooper ball club. I like Lubbock Cooper so, to get the regional title. So this is the God's honest truth. It's five forty six PM on Monday. Um and I have not recorded my picks video yet. I don't know who I'm gonna pick. I don't. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's such a weird game, and it's like I don't feel confident in in in, in any pick here. Like that that I, maybe I'll go towards Cooper. Although I, I picked Ryder at the beginning of the playoffs, and they've given me no reason to, to bow no, off them. No. I don't know. Maybe I'll go with Ryder. Tune in the picks video on Friday or on Thursday, rather. It's 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 it is a, it's a tough pick it, because it's so, they're so evenly. Matched. It is a fascinating, fascinating game, and and it's this just whole a, series is meant. We should do a thirty for thirty on the Cooper Ryder. We really last should. Forty years, yeah, yeah. DCTF thirty. Go, DCTF thirty five for thirty five. We'll go for we'll go to we'll go to um to Virginia and we'll interview Jacob Rodriguez and just ask him about Lubbock Cooper. Mm-hmm. God, those guys. Anyway, Met step. Let's go to six A. Uh, second 6A game we're going to do. In fact, second 6A Division One game we're going to do. 2 p.m. Saturday at Dripping Springs Tiger Stadium. A cross-regional showdown between the Lake Travis Cavaliers and the San Antonio Brennan Bears. Maximum Bears? Question mark? Well... It's I, technically Bridgeland, but perf- uh, I mean, I, well, I don't, are you going hypothetical world? Uh-huh. Hypothetical Greg Tepper world. What happens if Bridgeland and Brennan make the state championship? Oh my gosh, game? there's too much Bears. Yeah, that is that is in fact that is actually maximum <laughs> yes. Bears and Little Cypress Mauriceville. Oh God, you'd be <laughs> just you have to get selfies with every bear. Literally mascot. maximum Bears. I 
am here to tell you that there is a chance that a San Antonio team beats one of the two Austin Powers. I think this is the best chance in a while. Mm-hmm. I think this is the best chance in a while. And we've we've kind of targeted this for a while. Go check the tape. Earlier in the season. But how, Brennan? Early in the season, we go, something's cooking at San Antonio Brennan. Mm-hmm. And that something is Ashton DeBose. Yeah. That kid is a monster. He's so good. He's throwing, you know, he's thrown one interception this year? One. That's crazy. Think about how much they ask him to do. And he has thrown one interception this year. He was spectacular last week. 318 yards and six touchdowns, passing 85 yards and a score on the ground as they romped a good Austin Bowie team. Yeah. Romped. That score was not as... That Bowie got some garbage time, touched scores late. I mean, they romped them. And that is what's going to be very interesting about this game because Lake Travis... I do think Lake Travis is playing well right now. Now, last week, little old Laredo United South gave them a bit of a push. They started out um, like good. 19-6 at half or something? No, it was 28-7. But then then it ended up Mm 35-19. So, the second half, United South really hung in there and actually, you know, outscored Lake Travis in the second half. But the the deficit was too big. So. At first, I was like, oh, man, what is going on, Lake Travis? And I kind of dug into the game a little bit. I was like, okay. They got up 28-7. They probably took their foot off the gas a little bit, had them in hand. Laredo United South played out of their minds. Credit to Laredo United yeah. South. That's closing, the, that's, that's closing the gap. Yes. So shout out Coach Joe Cost and Laredo United South for putting up a very respectable performance mm-hmm. against Lake Travis. So I think I read somewhere Lake Travis has won like 20 in a row in the playoffs yeah. against San Antonio. Like, it's just been dominant. That's the thing. And it's all the Austin area, pretty much. Mm-hmm. San Antonio Brennan took one back for the two one zero against Bowie last. They week. did, and they're feeling it. And we have seen dual. We have seen dynamic, hot dual threat quarterbacks mm-hmm. roast this Lake Travis defense before. Yeah. Okay, Davis. Now, I, yes. Now, I am not. I am not here to tell you that Ashton DuBose is Kate Klubnick. I'm not here to tell you that he is Demetrius Davis. What I'm here to tell you is that this is one of the best quarterbacks in the state right now and one of the hottest quarterbacks in the state. And Lake Travis's defense is better bring the, the better bring the heat. Now, the other side presents a problem for Brennan. I do not think they have seen an offense as dynamic as what they're going to see against Lake Travis. As much as we talked a lot about that Westlake offense and things like that, the Lake Travis offense has been excellent as well. They're running the ball exceptionally well. That running back is uh, Johnson, DJ Johnson. DJ Johnson. DJ Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's been uh, really under the radar. Bo Edmondson doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, they've got a big-time wide receiver core. I'm telling you they've got a shot. There have been a lot of games where it's Lake Travis against San Antonio, insert San Antonio team, and you can kind of just ignore it. Mm-hmm. This is not one of those games. We're talking about it. We're talking about Brennan's it. Brennan's got a shot. Brennan's got a shot. The defense has got to bow up and play their best game of the year. If they do that, and by the way, that's a Stephen Bezor like, that's a that's a hallmark, is their defense. They play, usually play pretty good defense. I, I think there's a good shot. There's a puncher's chance at, at, at minimum for Brennan. I, I think Brennan's got a shot to win. I'm not picking it. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I thought about picking Brennan. I, I think Saturday I was telling Carl Padilla I was going to pick Brennan. Uh, but I've kind of backed off that a little bit. I, I, until until someone until a team from San Antonio beats Lake Travis or West, like I, I can't pick against him. I so I do think this will be a very competitive game, though. I think it's going to be This is fun. not a vintage Lake Travis no, team. No, this is not. This is a... This is a this is a very good Lake Travis team. This does not feel like an elite Lake Travis team. Yeah. All right, Matthew, what is your fifth and final pick? Friday night, 7.30, at one of the most iconic playoff venues in the DFW Metroplex. Again, a venue that has hosted a ton of big games and state championship games. Muskie Memorial? Pennington Field in Bedford. Ah, yes. As the unbeaten Stephenville Yellow Jackets take on the scorching hot Melissa Cardinals at 11-2. and two. And Melissa is eleven and two, but they are eleven and zero in their last eleven games, and have have racked up some impressive wins, including last week's forty one fourteen route of Waco La Vega. Very that, impressive. That you talk. I'm going to see if I can find Ma- the last time Waco La Vega lost a playoff game that bad. Yeah, M- Melissa's defense is just been dominant recently. I mean, they shut out Argyle in the regular season. They blew out Paris. They've they've been amazing. Sam Finnegan last week. 301 yards and six touchdowns, or three touchdowns passing, excuse me, three touchdowns passing. And 
they held the La Vega running game in check. So and Melissa's defense has been dynamic all year. And they're kind of I, I equate it to being this, this is the final boss for Stephenville in seven four a because Stephenville beat Paris two weeks ago, they beat Argyle last week, and now it's like here's the final boss. It's it's progressively gotten tougher each week for Stephenville, and the Jackets got pushed by Argyle last week. They they were down early fourteen to nothing, and I was like, oh boy, here we go, here comes Argyle. And Stephenville, to their credit, hung in there and uh, found a way to win. Uh, Coy Eakin has a touchdown rushing, a touchdown receiving, and the Stephenville defense, after, after the offense kind of put them, in a, put them in a bind early in the game, the Stephenville defense bowed up and held Argyle to three points in the final three quarters. Mm. Huge effort from Stephenville. I, you, know, you, you think of Stephenville and Melissa, and the first thing you think of is wide open, slinging around, seven-on-seven, spread offensive type games. I think this is going to be a low-scoring mm-hmm. Street fight. Yeah. Two teams that are going to take tire irons to each other. In- I think it's going to look a lot yeah. like Steve Delarco. Yeah, it's going to be a, a low-scoring game, and I think it's going to come down to which offense can make make a couple of key plays. They're probably going to have to convert third and long a couple times, those, those kind of things. I think it's going to come down to that. I think Melissa's been the best. Uh, Steve Hill's probably ranked higher in most polls, and they're undefeated, and they probably have a better computer ranking because they're 13-0. Melissa has the two losses mm-hmm. that are still factoring into their kind of computer ranking. But right now, as it speaks today, Melissa's playing better than anyone in 4A Division One, Austin LBJ included. Mm. I like Melissa. I think Melissa gets the win. I like Stephenville. I am of the belief that when you beat the man, you get the belt, mm-hmm. and you become the you become the team. I think Stephenville's that team, and I think that. Um, I think you're right, but I also think that they faced off against an excellent defense last week, and they overcame it. Right, and I think that they're going to be able to find a couple of plays. This game's at uh, Pennington. Yeah, Pennington. Yeah, it's got right. a crazy atmosphere yeah. too. Stephenville's uh, going to travel. I have. Uh, I'm getting a call from Joe Cluley, head coach at Lubbock Estacado. Coach Cluley, if you're listening, I'll call you back after the podcast. All right. Well, I'm not going to post it till tonight. That's not helpful to him at all. By the way, the last time a team beat La Vega that is, that soundly, uh, you got to go back to 2013. 58-20, Jasper beat them in 2013. Okay. It's the last time that somebody beat La Vega like that. that. Bad, yeah. So impressive. All right, fifth and final pick time. Um, this is with apologies to our six-man friends because we are punching four tickets to AT and T Stadium. It's the this cruelest week. round in six-man. It is. Um, Abbott May is the real showcase matchup on one A Division One, and then Strawn and Richland Springs. Those two teams know each other very well. Those are two of the premier teams. Although, I know who they are. I think. So, I think I'm, I'm six-man idiot. Although I think Strawn's going to win, and I think they might win resoundingly. I like the Strawn team a lot. Anyway, neither here nor there. I am going to go. Where am I going to go? Yeah. All right. I'm going to go 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Memorial Stadium in Bastrop. Okay. As the Cuero Gobblers take on the Geronimo Navarro Panthers, one of 15 rematches in the regional final round of the playoffs. And... Let's talk what let's talk about what Quero did last week. Cuz we watched this game. I watched this game on Texan Live. Mm-hmm. And they beat Wimberley, pulled away from them 36-26. And let me tell you, this this looks like a vintage Quero team. And when I say vintage Quero team, I don't mean the Jordan Whittington team. That was that's in many ways an outlier because they just had the guy and they said, "Hey, hey Jordan, go go do awesome things." And mm-hmm. he did. Right, and, and they awesome. want to, they want to say championship. This is vintage Quero in that they line up in that ace offense, and they pound your ass. <laughs> they do, and then they throw it over the top, and they don't ask this quarterback uh, Jerry Rossett, mm-hmm. a lefty. They don't ask him to do a ton, but he's on the money when they ask him to. Yes. He threw. He had some big boy throws in this game. That that really put it over the of third the, and long. The, he made some huge that, that that last touchdown to LeBron Johnson was on third and like twenty six. Yeah, third and twenty six from like the tw- from like the thirty two, and yeah. they were just like, "What if we just take all of it?" And he dropped it in the bucket to LeBron Johnson. Absolutely incredible. incredible. They have an opportunity this week to avenge their only loss of the season when they lost to Geronimo Navarro. This is the only non district, by the way, rematch in a regional final. Okay, of, of the fifteen, this is the only all the rest of them are district rematches. And look. Geronimo Navarro, um, they got they, give them a lot of credit. You want to talk about fight? They showed a lot of fight last week in Sinton. 
They were down, and they were down fourteen nothing to a team that does not that that it specializes in choking you out. Mm-hmm. Like that's what Sitton does. Sitton gets up fourteen nothing. They put you in a rear naked choke, and they just push you to sleep. They didn't do that. Like they were able to get off the mat. They were able to run the ball well with Cole Mauser with Antoine Mabain. Um, they ran the ball and then they got into. They sent the game into overtime and then they decided to do the gutsy thing and go for two. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, by the way, shout out Jack Alvarez playing the analytics and they were up by yes. seven and going for two. I love it. They were up 27-20. He's like, oh, let's just go for two and make it a two-score game and it worked. R- Riverboat Alvarez. Yeah. You know, credit to Navarro. They, yeah. Sinton came out and jumped on him early. It was yeah, they 14-nothing Sinton early and they... Navarro had to rally back. They scored with like a minute and a half left to tie it up. And, and sometimes, you know, especially with their offense, remember they were on the slot T, they, with that offense, it can, I think they're, with a, with a, with a less steady hand on the wheel, you might panic and you might go away from your game plan. They stuck to the game plan. The defense stood up. Rod Blunt's a, a slot T mafia guy through and through and, and 14 nothing early is not going to get him out of his game plan. Any you know. the, Those slot T teams especially aren't going to get out of their game plan unless it's like, 28 nothing or and so, down 14 in the fourth quarter, that and, kind of thing. And so these two teams met back in week four, week four, and Navarro won 29-27, okay? That's a, that was on the road at Navarro. I think Cuero has improved since then. And I think Cuero's seeing the offense for the second time this year. And I think that that's going to help them. Yeah. I like Cuero in a tight another tight one, another tight mm-hmm. one. I think there's going to come down to a couple, a couple plays here and there, but I think this is a... Fantastic matchup there in Pastrup. Uh, I like Cuero. I think they get a little bit of vengeance from their earlier loss, but I think it's a fascinating game. How well does Cuero defend the slot T? And can Geronimo Navarro grind them out and keep the ball away from that offense? That's a big question, but I think that's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun there in in, uh, in Pastrup. It's cool to see Cuero. It's been a couple of years. It's yeah. cool to see Jack Alvarez getting them back rolling again. So, and it's just appropriate for the Gobblers to win on Thanksgiving weekend. It really it is. It just kind of is. And so there's your week, your regional final draft. Stepped took Shiner Refurio, Allen Southlake Carroll, West and Mount Vernon, Wichita Falls Ryder, Lubbock Cooper, Part <laughs> Steve, eight. Steve Bill and Melissa. I took uh, Denton Ryan College Station, Little Cypress, Mauriceville, Tyler Chapel Hill, Burton, Falls City, San Antonio, Brandon Lake Travis, and Cuero and Navarro. So, Tascacita, North Shore. Dude, think about the... Taito Hightower. Duncanville, DeSoto. South Oak Cliff, Lovejoy. Yeah. Texas High, Crosby. Holiday Gunner. Holiday Gunner. Battle of Unbeatens. Those are the games. That's how good this. That's how good the slate is this week. Go to a high school football game this week, or watch a bunch on Texan Life. Um, one note: you mentioned um, one of the games you mentioned, Texas High and Crosby. Mm-hmm. That game's fascinating yeah. because another strength on strength. That Crosby offense is ridiculous right yeah. now. And it's a rematch of last year because when Crosby, we you know we thought Texas High was going to going to challenge Fort Bend Marshall. And they were undefeated, and Crosby came in there and just kicked their rears. Yeah. And Texas High hasn't forgotten that. So, mm-hmm. And that defense is mm-hmm. suffocating right now. It's been fantastic. Anyway, that's a fantastic game. Uh, where, what's, your, what's your schedule look like this week? A uh, little more local schedule this week for me. Uh, Thursday, I'll be at Globe Life Field for uh, Whitesboro and Brock. It's one of two Thursday night games in the state. The other one being Shiner Refurio. Another, so another rematch, by the I'll way. I'll be watching Shiner Refurio on Shout my out Whitesboro, by the way. First birth in the fourth round of the playoffs yes, ever. ever. They started playing football in 1911, went 100 years, and didn't make the playoffs. Their first playoff appearance was 2011, and now they're in the fourth round. Amazing. Really great story there. Uh, Friday, I'm headed to the Tomato Bowl. Hell One yeah. of the most icon- – you, you don't think there's going to be some vlog content from the Tomato Bowl? <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, I'm going to see Timpson in, in Centerville. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see Timpson. I want to see the machine get rolling and see how good – uh, this Timson Ball Club is compared they to last got, year. They got a li- I mean, by Timson standards, they got a little bit of a challenge from yeah. Beckville last Beckville week. Beckville employed a little bit of ball control offense, tried to you know condense the game, and it worked for about a quarter and a half until mm-hmm. Timson just shook it off, just yep. turned it up a little bit. Uh, and then Saturday, I'll be at the crazy doubleheader at the Ford Center, uh, Sock and Lovejoy in Duncanville, DeSoto. It is going to be a uh, a circus in every sense of the word. It's going to be to be wild from the, loud. from the crowd to the to the football to the media craziness. It's going to be happening. It's at the Star. It's a relatively small venue, and it's mm-hmm. going to be. I think for Duncanville DeSoto, it's going to be twelve thousand people in there, and it is going to be a raucous atmosphere. And please, please, Ford Center, keep the press box windows open. Open air press box. Yes. I need to hear that crowd. It is going to be loud. It is going to be chirpy on the field oh yeah for 
all four of those teams. Yeah, all four of those. Sock teams and Lovejoy, they, they never played, but you know, Chris Ross and Sock, they've had they had some. When Ross was at Red Oak, mm-hmm. they had some battles. A lot of mutual respect there, but mm-hmm. competitive respect. Yes. Uh, and then Duncanville DeSoto Part Two, mm-hmm. Volume Two, um, another rematch. Uh, a quick note on Duncanville DeSoto. Just a quick, quick analyst. This is this is a bonus bonus pick. A bonus pick. Um, I think DeSoto's better. I think DeSoto's improved since their first meeting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've made up three touchdowns because I also think Duncanville's improved too. Yeah. And this game's going to be closer, but I think that Duncanville gets the win. There's your analysis for that one. Uh, I'm supposed to tell you to watch uh, Bally Sports Southwest on Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. Quit tweeting me. Saturday night. Uh, Eleven o'clock for high school scoreboard live. And so, speaking of the scoreboard show, I had a, I was in Abilene Friday and eating lunch, and a guy that worked at the burger place came out and was like, "Hey, I watch you sh- watch watch uh, watch Tepper on Fox, on Valley Sports Southwest. I love what you guys do." Blah blah blah. And, and I said, "Oh," he goes, "I can't wait to watch tonight." And I was like, "Oh, the show's Saturday." He's like, "What? It moved to Saturday?" I, I know. Like, yeah, Te- I do- said Tepper's on Saturday now. We so. gotta do better advertising for that. Yeah. yeah. So come on, Valley. But uh, yes. Yeah, so Frank at Hef's Burgers and Abilene. Shout out. Shout out, Frank. Love it. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Uh, get to your game safely because I know you're driving there right now. Uh, Steph, thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next week on Tep and Steph.